If we got a show for you, Lil Sean. Broccoli, celery, gotta be veggie tails. Lima beans, collard greens, peachy keen, veggie tails. Cauliflower, sweet and sour, half an hour, veggie tails. Veggie tails, veggie tails, it's time for veggie tails. Throwback, Sunday school, best show, vegetables. Every episode so cool. Learn about God in the Bible. Low key, grown man, high key, still a fan. I play the songs when I can, cause God's still bigger than the boogie. Hi, everybody, welcome to Have We Got a Show for You. I'm Michael Rafino. And I'm Liz Brody. And we're here to, to discuss Veggie Tales and also theology. Are my, you my neighbor? Are you my neighbor? Is Are you my neighbor? Are you my neighbor? It's for the kids. It is for the kids. We took a, a, a side. We, we jumped out of order for Christmas to discuss our buddy Buzzsaw Louie, but we're back on track now to discuss the third episode of Veggie Tales produced in order, Are You My Neighbor? And man, do we have a, a show for you. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, Dr. Seuss is, uh, is in Star Trek. Yeah, we got star bellies, we got black and white sides... We got the whole thing. Yeah. Are you my neighbor? Pots, shoes on our head. So for the third episode, it was very uh, ambitious because I always look at the behind the scenes. Uh, Phil Vischer wanted to do a kind of Dr. Seuss poem type, you know, rhyming throughout story, which for the third one of these, when I think they still had less than five animators cranking out the whole thing. That's very impressive to build this whole little... They went for the uh, musical episode really early on in the series. Oh, yes. Um, But it's very... You start with Flibberaloo, uh, and it is the the retelling of the parable of the Good Samaritan. You have... And it is very Dr. Seuss. You're going into Star Trek territory as a little foreshadowing. Um, You have two... Little fort towns on two little mountains. Yeah, two houses both held alike in dignity. Yeah. If you would, where we lay our scene. We got one side, they got pots on their heads. Yes. And we have one side and they got shoes on their heads. That's it. They throw things at each other. They throw things at each other all day long. Because they're in conflict. They are in conflict. Um, and you have... Larry's got a shoe on his head. He's just a little shoe-headed boy. He's trying to cross the way. And he gets jumped by these evil scallions. These, these familiar-looking bandits. These, these bandits that he seems to know. And they shake him upside down. They take his milk money. And they shove him into a hole in the ground. And run away. What is he to do? He is so annoyed. He's stuck. He's stuck. He's a stuck little cucumber. They kept calling him a pickle. Cruelly. And they can't hear him say, I am not a pickle, I'm a cucumber, because he's stuck in a hole in the ground. Face in the ground. Face in the ground. Um, and as he is just wiggling around, just knowing he's going to turn into a pickle, uh, you've got Archie walking by, and he's so busy. He's just way too busy dreadfully busy cannot he's so busy he cannot be bothered we do get one of the greatest veggie tale songs out of this the i am so busy song oh yeah really busy busy dreadfully busy just, it's like a waltz it's so good and then uh you've got a nurse 
walking down. She's too busy. They're so busy that they waltz together. Away from this scene. They are so busy. They cannot help Larry. And then uh, we get Junior, who is a pot-headed boy. And he comes... Hey, man. He comes bouncing... Oh, man. Junior's such a narc, though. Uh, He didn't know. Um, Junior comes bouncing along, and what do you know? He helps Larry out of this hole. And gets him proper medical treatment. Yes. He gets them all bandaged up. And, you know... That's it. That's the end. Pretty much. It's like, That's, hey, yeah. love your neighbor. That's another good song. Love your neighbor. Loving means lending a hand. Oh, yeah. They don't have hands. They're, invis- they're implied hands. Okay. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's the understood hand. Um, yeah, so we have uh, this great heroic sweeping act. Again, told very Dr. Seuss style. Um, and I think, I think the most important thing that we get out of this is that the scallions really steal every show. Yes. They're just, they're the John Lithgow of the VeggieTales series. They can take something that would be, look, it just wouldn't be what it is without them. And I have to give Phil Richard props. I think it was Mike Naranke who came up with the line, um, he's not a monster, he just wants to play with his pet wind-up lobster. That's a great couplet. It's so good. Oh, yeah. He's got a pet lobster. That winds up. That winds up. It's blue. It's blue. And it runs away, obviously. It abandons him in it, his time of need. It does. Um, which was... So I spent a very long time um, trying to find this tale because this is what popped into my mind at first. I'm more familiar with... Uh, so this this whole episode really uh, harkens back to the tales of Rabbi Akiva, who is the originator, the author of the Golden Rule, which has been translated into "Love Thy Neighbor." Um, and we've I think we've discussed this in an episode before, where Rabbi Akiva and Rabbi Hillel are learning one day, and they're approached, and they are asked, "What is Torah on one foot?" Meaning, literally, stand on one foot. Tell us. The quickest, easiest, like, one-liner to help somebody who doesn't know understand what Torah is. And Rabbi Akiva says, that which is hated by you, don't do to somebody else, right? So, and that goes through many, like, different variations and becomes love thy neighbor. So, Rabbi Akiva, there's this story that I really love. um, And I couldn't remember some of the details. And the lobster was why I really thought of it. So, there's one night... Rabbi Akiva is traveling, and all he has with him is this donkey, a rooster to help wake him up in the morning, and a candle. And that's it. So he goes to the city, and they deny him entrance. They're like, you can't come in. Go away. (laughs) Maybe. It's a Samaritan city. We don't know. It wasn't. Um, But he, he goes and sleeps in the woods, and in the middle of the night... His rooster gets eaten and his donkey gets eaten and then a wind blows out the candle. So it's like I'm I'm picturing Larry in his time of need having his lobster run away from him. His wind-up lobster could not help him, but maybe this is like Akiva's donkey, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but he wakes up and in the middle of the night, the city has come under attack. Everyone who wasn't killed was taken hostage. 
So he realizes like, oh, well, all of these horrible things that happened to me last night had a really good outcome, right? Like I didn't die so I can go and spread Torah elsewhere. Um, You know, it sucks that all these people died, but um, he was protected, right? So you have Larry in his time of need and his, uh, you know, his little animal buddy runs away from him and then... You know, there's a good outcome out of this horrible situation and that he gets bandaged up by Junior Asparagus. <laughs> um, but that's... Because you do have a lot of examples out of Talmud and Torah where you have the idea of Torah on one foot in these sort of, like, smaller understandings. I guess a parable, if you will. But the most well-known, obviously, is Good Samaritan. I think everybody on the planet knows Good Samaritan. It's a frequent idiom. But what is a Samaritan? Good question. Oh, thank you. Um, A Samaritan. So uh, you have a lot of understandings of this. I think um, there's been a lot of interpretations about what it means to be the Good Samaritan. So you have... The Samaritans, an ethno-religious group, very, you know, they do have Torah, they celebrate Passover, they celebrate Sukkot, they celebrate Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, you know, it's a very, they are a group who got a rift from what original Judaism apparently is, right? There's beef on both sides. Samaritans aren't Jews, Jews aren't Samaritans, vice versa, but they share ancestry, tradition, um, you know, outsider looking in, uh, my understanding is very like, what is the difference between Catholicism and just the rest of Christianity, whether it's Protestantism, whatever, you know, I see it as, oh, you celebrate Christmas, you celebrate Easter, you go to a church, you do communion, you get baptized, you believe in Jesus. That is, that's a Christian, right? Whether you're Catholic or Protestant. So like, where are the very small specific divisions that create, you know, wh- where is that pot on your head versus shoe on your head, right? So, again, that's outsider looking in. Um, and there's a whole big history to the difference between Samaritans and Jews. Um, and I think it is, like, really important to understanding the parable about, like, what the distinctions are and how similar. Because I think... The like for me before I like really knew the story in depth and knew the history in depth. You picture a Samaritan almost as like somebody from like a, a foreigner, like a true foreigner, like somebody. And I think it's interpreted that way quite often, where oh, it's a foreigner who doesn't really know me coming in to help me, but it's the opposite. It's somebody who knows you inside out super well. It's your best friend of me. It's your brother. It would be very, I think our best comparison, I think this is history's best comparison. And what, this, what, what this is, I feel like you're supposed to say something very out of pocket, but okay. Uh, is it Auburn and Alabama? <laughs> I think it is. It's be- rival sports teams. I think Auburn is, is Samaria, and I think Alabama it's the Jewish guy. People from Tuscaloosa do have a, an ethnic <laughs> identity tied to that right. place. Right. And like, 
you know, and yet it's still a bigger metropolis area. I don't know. Like, I think maybe that might be the best way to understand. Because they're not foreigners. Yeah. You know? They're, uh... And that came out of my mouth. And I'm okay with it. And this is going on the internet. Right. Like, I'm okay with it. I think that that's, like, the best, uh... The best key to it. Minus all of the political implications. Um, And this is the ancient world. This is not now. We're not talking about Samaritans now. We're not talking about that population at the moment. No, no, no. That would be a whole different show. And we don't have that one for you. We're talking right now about... (laughs) We're talking about veggie tales. We have this show for you. Um, we're talking about pots and shoes. Um, but the, and I think this is where this episode is like really, really, really good. And I think you, I, I think it's like so silly because you're like, oh, it's very Dr. Seuss. It's very pot, pots and shoes on their heads. And like the only difference is that they got a thing on their head. And, but at the, like, even though that is like the four kids, very juvenile breakdown kind of it yeah differences really are that arbitrary right you know among some people uh, some groups that just despise each other over such differences that do seem that silly right from as an outsider yeah so it's like very i I think it's very clever i think um and i know that we're also like going into dr seuss inspiration is Stars on bellies and the <laughs> schneebs or whatever, which is very Jewish. Um, you know, but it's also, I think, a good portrayal. And I like Archie's character is the mayor. Yes. Yeah. So Archie's the mayor, and he's supposed to be the uh, Kohen who runs, who goes by. Um, so I think it's like. Then they do really, you know, the mayor is the most important guy. He's the guy who's supposed to help you. But I think also, like, we get very, like, close to the text of it. Because you do have, you know, if you're in trouble right now, what is your mayor going to actually physically be able to do for you? In this story, this guy is, like, near death. Um, and the... You know, the uh, Kohen is not supposed to touch a corpse. Um, you know, there's purification laws or purity laws um, that do apply to the Kohen and not the rest of society. So, like, your mayor probably isn't CPR certified. Your mayor probably isn't going to know what to do, you know? Um, I'm not sympathizing with the Kohen or the mayor in this situation, but... The uh, reality of the mayor being like, oh, I got to walk on by. Maybe I'm not qualified to help this guy. You know, well, maybe he is. He should have helped him is the point. But also like. Yeah. That reminds me of a, a, I have a passage pulled up here from Mark about uh, Jesus healing a man on the Sabbath. Yeah. He was in the temple and the Pharisees pointed out to him a man with a shriveled up hand. Yeah. And they were going to see, are you going to heal this man on the Sabbath? And he went up and, and healed the man and turned to the Pharisees and says, Which is lawful on the Sabbath, to do good or to do evil, to save life or to kill? And the Pharisees were like, Okay, fine. I mean, also, you are so pick and nefesh so as to anything to save a life. So yeah, if you're saving a man's life, if it's a life-threatening situation, right? Like, it, the guy is got 
I don't know. What was wrong with the guy? What was, what was happening to him? Was he a day away from death? Like, could we not wait until, you know, Shabbos is over? Like, I don't, I don't know the situation. If it's to save the man's life in that moment, if he is like, if death is imminent, yeah, go for it. I mean, look, how did the guy get the shrivel tan? <laughs> I'm just, I'm just saying, right? He could have waited until sundown. They were still gonna be there, and I think that was blown out of proportion. That whole thing was silly. <laughs> like, we're gonna go for ice cream. Why is there not tiramisu? But you know, I don't, I don't have any more context. I don't know. <laughs> but like, yeah. oh no, the end of that passage was the Pharisees then begin their plot to kill Jesus. I mean, I would too. Not gonna lie, um, <laughs> but. Like, who are you? What are you doing? I get it. But also, I'm not making an argument against Jesus right now, okay? But a big part... So, like, let's say you drive to an Orthodox shul on Shabbat, right? You're not supposed to be like, did you drive here? Let me take your keys, right? Like, you don't ask. It's don't ask, don't tell, right? Like, are you keeping Shabbos or not? Doesn't matter. What matters is that you're putting forth the effort. You're exhibiting that you are... Upholding the community standard, right? You're, you're, and it's not to put up a front. It's not to be a heretic or, you know, hypocritical. It's not, it's not any of that. It's just, it's more to keep the peace and the tone, right? Like it's not, and it's not judgmental either. So it's not supposed to be like, oh, well, you know, you're not going over to this person's house because they drive on the Shabbos. Like that's not, that doesn't matter. Right, sin is missing the mark. You're missing the target. Is right, like okay, it doesn't matter. You're here, right? Like that's the point. Is like you're still trying to hit the target, right? Yeah. So it's like, uh, and you don't like actively like. Let's say you gotta break the Shabbos, right? Just do it away from everyone, because like you slide, everyone else slides, right? And uh, that that's a slippery slope, right? We're getting down into like different branches of Judaism. But that's the point, though, is is it the community standard? Are you in a Jewish community where, yeah, we all drive and somebody's got their phone out and, you know, like, okay, cool. If that's what you do, that's what you do. It doesn't matter, right? So if you're out here, like, doing something that goes against our norm on Shabbos, you're not being a leader right now. You know, that's, I think that's... uh, well, yeah, the original context of the story of the Good Samaritan was he was um, meeting with lawyers and rabbis, and they were arguing about it. And, and one of them did kind of going back to what you said. They asked him, what can I do to obtain eternal life? Right. And uh, Jesus said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your strength, and all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. And uh, then... Jesus said, yes, that's right. Do this and you will live. But the lawyer who asked him that question asked him, who is my neighbor? Very lawyer thing. Yeah. And Jesus responded with, it's, it's only a paragraph. The whole story of the, the Good Samaritan was just mm-hmm. a, he outlined that scenario to the lawyer and asked him, which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of the robbers? And the lawyer said, the one who had mercy. And Jesus told him, go and do likewise. Right. So, uh, there is an element of grace and mercy, and which I, I feel, especially American church, has gotten so lost. Um, such you know legalism and strict devotion to the rules without 
the exceptions for mercy and grace. It's like, you know, so many American religious leaders are like Javert, where you yeah. stole the bread, you go to jail, I throw you, you know, it doesn't care if right. you're starving. Right. Like, I remember uh, somebody telling me once that, like, whatever, I don't remember what their uh, particular brand of Christianity was, but they were like, all sins are equal. So if you murder someone, it's the same as stealing a pencil. I remember being like, that is the most insane thing I've ever heard. You know, like, that's that's crazy. And, you know, in Judaism, there's basically, like, levels to the soul, right? Like, you become, you gain, you gain spiritual points, right? And some, like, you flip the light switch on Shabbos, okay, you didn't kill someone, right? Like, it's not that sins aren't, you know, sins aren't sins aren't sins. Yeah, and you know? I think, you know, when you think of in terms of, Every sin being considered on equal playing field in terms of a punishment right. for what you've done right. should be equal. I think of it in terms of forgiveness. Right. A, a murderer can be redeemed just the way as a pencil thief can right. be redeemed and return to the path. Right. So. Because Jesus did not talk about hell a lot. I think like he mentioned it once. I mean, we don't really have hell. So. Yeah. If he came up with that, that's crazy. Did Jesus invent hell? <laughs> like, he, he mentioned being cast into a pit of fire, but the, that translation people think might have referred to lit- an actual, an actual pit, pit of, of fire of because it was burning. the ancient world, and they'd have been like, "Get in that fire!" You know, like that's well, like, Rack no, Shack like, and Benny. You know, like but, a landfill. Yeah, like that's uh, people think he was referring to a literal landfill that was burning. Yeah, was, uh, we don't really. Like, there's um, one of my other favorite Jewish jokes is that, uh, you know, for uh, there's only one Jewish afterlife where you sit all day and learn Torah. And for the sacred, that's heaven. And for the sinner, that's hell. Oh, yes. So, uh, but yeah, no, we don't really, I don't really do that. I don't know. All right. We should. Uh, Star Trek. We should uh, first. Oh no! First, first, first. Uh, now it's time for bring, silly songs with Larry. It's now time for silly songs with Larry. Part of the show where Larry comes out and sings. Uh, hairbrush. Possibly the best one? Possibly one of the best. I feel like they're all, for the most part, they're all pretty, pretty solid. This is... If, if this is not the best one, it's second only to Pirates Who Don't Do Anything. It's so good. Um, and this is the first one written by uh, Mike Naraki, who then wrote all of the subsequent ones. It's You definitely get a shift. There's definitely a mood shift, but it's... Uh, you know, Larry's Dusby's out of the shower and he's trying to find his hairbrush. And where is it? Oh my God, everyone keeps coming in and none of them have his hairbrush. I heard uh, originally Mike Gronke got the idea because he would shave in the shower and he couldn't find his razor one day. And so he, the song just appeared and it said, oh, where is my razor? Uh, yeah. Oh, where? And he thought, oh, that'd be funny for a, a VeggieTales skit. And then Phil Vischer was like, you cannot have 
Larry looking for a razor. It's got to be for kids. It's got to be for kids. Kids don't shave. They don't get it. You yeah. know? Well, and we don't want kids going around looking for the parents' razors. So hairbrush. A hairbrush. A hairbrush. Okay. And, you know, it's it's so classic. And uh, we've got Paul Grape just carrying his poverty around with him everywhere he goes. Yes, with his broken hat. With his broken hat. When does he get rid of this hat? Because eventually he does. Um, I think he gets it fixed once the uh, the Jonah movie checks start coming yeah. in. He's able to afford better clothes. It also like really brings up the issue for me that I've always kind of had with veggie toes, where it seems like asparagus are the superior vegetable. They're like the high. They're like the elves. They're like the high class vegetable. And uh, and the scallions are like the orcs, where they just cannot be trusted. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Probably. They're like the Urukai. When they were recording it, um, they kind of did... It, the the characters coming in was just them talking. Yeah. But uh, to this, like, silent movie, woman being tied to train tracks, piano, yeah. anything in the background. But Lisa Vischer, who was voicing Junior, uh, and still does, sung the line, Why do you need a hairbrush? You don't have any hair. And that made them howl with laughter in the booth. Yeah. So, like, that goes in. That stays in. It's so good. I gave it to the peach. Because he's got hair. He does. He's got beautiful hair. Quiff. He is the only character... No, he's not. Paws, pop, wait, Paw Grape has hair. He's got a mustache. He's got a mustache. And visually they have corn with hair. They do. There's a lot of characters with hair. Yeah, there, there was corn that saying... Paw could have taken it. He's got the stash. He's got to brush that. Well, you need, like, a full head of it. You can get a mustache comb. Larry probably can loan him a mustache Where does a vegetable go and buy a mustache comb? Stuff Mart. Oh, okay, true. <laughs> Man, wait, wait, it was stuff. Oh, that was so good. All right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Madam Blueberry, coming soon. Oh, God, what a good one. All what right. a good one. Okay, Junior Asparagus is asleep. No, he's trying to go to sleep, he, but he's got so many complaints about this Fernando kid. Yeah, this this kid with his he talks funny. He's got a funny accent. He's he eats weird smelling food. I don't know. I don't think they went there, but he, it I was think probably he, I think they did. I think it was very very nineties uh, bullying. Yeah, nineties nineteen nineties style. This kid's weird. I don't think Junior would bully. He wasn't bullying. He was just like not very woke. You know, he, he, he'd be a little. He didn't know about culture. He'd be a little problematic. Yeah. Nowadays. No. Nowadays, he would shop at Trader Joe's, and the kid that he told had weird-smelling food would be like, I'm a Michelin star chef now. I hate you. And Junior would be like, I'm an asparagus. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> we are part of the enlightened ones. Yes. Um, look at how I glow. Um, yeah, so Junior's like so upset about... Fernando, but he's got his window open, so you know what that means. Yeah, he's he's not. Uh, I'll say in defense of Junior Asparagus, he's not upset at Fernando. He's upset that his father is telling him to hang out and be nice to Fernando, right? Instead he's, of just ignoring. He's him. upset about Fernando's otherness, and he's upset that his father is not on his side. And that that you know you're supposed to be nice and welcoming to yeah this new kid. Yeah, he's just not into it. So, but again, he's got his window open, so he's about to have to learn. And Bob and Larry are about to break and enter, as they do. And, uh... Hello! Here we are. We got Bob and Larry going, uh... 
gonna teach Junior, so they have to go save the USS Apple Pies. With their little space helmets on. Mm-hmm. Their little space helmets that just cover their nose. They just cover the nose. And Larry's trying to eat through his because Larry is Larry and just, you know, he's so sweet but so dumb and can't can't figure out a space helmet. So they abduct Junior once again. Well, they they enlist him because uh, he was at like what was it the Happy Valley preschool where he managed and uh, he he majored, majored in quantum, in mechanics, quantum mechanics, yeah, minored in Plato. So he's uh, yeah, wonderful joke, just so good. Um, so he's got to uh, so he shows up and they've got uh, he's got a what's what's the carrot's name? Scooter. 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 Scooter's uh. Hey, know you. Oh, that was so good, yes. I'm coming down into engineering. Yeah, he's freaking out because they're about to encounter a giant popcorn ball that's going to ruin the USS Apple Pies. And I'm getting hungry now. There's Sulu and Chekhov for uh, the Squash Brothers. <laughs> Jimmy Gord and Jerry Gord. Yes, and they're weird. They're, they're weird. so weird. I heard Jimmy and Jerry's voices were both based off of Phil Vischer and Mike Naranke, uh, Like Both had a boss. They were both working at the same company and had a boss that sounded like that. And so both of them were doing their impression of their old boss. And it's it's so good. Yeah, J- Jimmy is Phil and Jerry is Mike, I believe. And right off the bat, Junior Asparagus is like body shaming them. And he's like, you guys eat too much and you're gross. And I hate you because you're gross. And they're like... And you like to sing show tunes from... The- yeah. And they're like, who are you, Junior Asparagus? Who are you? You're some kid who's come up onto this ship trying to take over. Who do you think you are, J.J. Abrams? Like, what is going on? This is not how this episode works, okay? And then Larry's over here just being Riker about everything. Yes, you and I were in agreement. Bob is Picard. Larry is Riker. We thought for a minute that maybe Larry was a little Barclay, but it's the... It's the uh, brass instrument thing. You got nice. you got the Riker in there. They, uh, you know, they're about to get into a collision course with this popcorn ball when all of a sudden Junior's like, oh my god, these two disgusting guys can just go eat the popcorn ball. Let's shoot them out into space. Yeah, if they're so hungry they could eat a whole planet. Let's, let's try that out. Yeah, so yeah, Junior's like, oh, you're so fat, when will you do it? Um, of course... <laughs> what do you have against Junior's this character assassination of Junior Asparagus? He's such a just, you know. <laughs> I don't think I do, Liz, I, and I don't think our listeners do either. You seem to like. Did Junior Asparagus wrong you? At Junior some point? Asparagus, I think, has inadvertently wronged everyone he's encountered. I think he's just so classic, like. Mid-American millennial white guy. Like, I'm sure he helped morally, like, inspire generation, but also, like, he's just so basic. I don't know. He's got that asparagus privilege. I think that's it. It's his asparagus privilege Mm. that just really... It irks me. I don't know. Because, of course, an asparagus would be like, (laughs) go eat the popcorn ball, you fatty. You know? Like, God, what is his deal Anyway, so it, the asparaguses are your Samaritans. Yeah. So, but whatever, because the Squash Brothers eat the popcorn. <laughs> the Squash Brothers. And save the day. And Junior's lesson in all of this is 
Weird people are of value if they help you out. That's not the lesson. How is it not? It's the fact that everybody can help and everybody has something. You know, you, you might find the solutions to problems in the strangest places. You were going to write that guy uh, off. No, I think what we had said was it's very Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Indeed it is. Where Rudolph stops getting bullied when they're like, oh, you can do something for us. Well, I'll say this. Jimmy and Jerry were not bullied. They were just not paid any mind. They're just like, those guys are over there. I just tolerate those guys. Right. It's the difference, Liz, between tolerance and acceptance. Tolerate, you you can stand somebody, you'll let them be there. You're not actively antagonizing them, but accepting them. Right. Accepting their differences is when when we truly show the love of God, the love that God has for us to each other. Wouldn't wouldn't you agree? I don't think Junior Asparagus would have loved them at all if they had just like gone around the popcorn ball. <laughs> oh, they betrayed him? Like, I don't I don't know. I think Junior If they let if they let him die, I think he might have had a problem with that. And yes, there's death in a VeggieTales episode. And pending doom. There, there is, but I feel like he would have been like Junior Asparagus fifteen years down the road is like, no, I'm fine with Guatemalans because my nanny was one. I think, again, you're mischaracterizing. I think I just have some beef with Junior. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe... This this podcast is going to be you working through your ongoing beef with Junior Spirit. It really is. Um, It's like, by the time we get to Jonah, you might have come around on a little guy. Maybe. I also really like that Aunt Ruth comes back. Aunt Aunt Ruth has a beard. Aunt Ruth and her beard are just really... We never lose... The Aunt Ruth references. Oh, we see a picture of Aunt Ruth. Yeah. Brief for like a frame in, uh, in the uh, Josh and the Big Wall. I think this was also the episode where I realized that um, like most VeggieTales episodes don't pass the Bechdel test. <laughs> oh, it took him a while to get a girl. Yeah. To get a girl. Yeah, we got Laura Carrot. We got one of the grape kids. Yeah, we That's about Esther. it. Yeah. And then it took a while for Petunia. Esther doesn't talk to any women. No, I think it takes a while. I think it takes a while for Petunia and Madame Blueberry to have a conversation with each other. It does. That might not happen to one of the later Larry boys. I don't know. Wow. Yeah, we got it's a real Veggie Tales episode. It's real sausage fest. Oh my God. <laughs> real cucumber fest. Yeah. Um. I uh, apologize to people who the, listen to this. The children who aren't in the audience. Um, or maybe are. To the four Christian children who looked up Veggie Tales in their podcast section on their parents' Spotify. Hi. Hi. <laughs> love your neighbor as, as you love yourself, right? Yeah. Have informed opinions about people. I'm not going to say further. Uh, I, I read um, a book by Sky Jatani, who's a friend of Phil Vichu, and he talked about the Sermon on the Mount, and he brought up the um, difference, and I think you might be able to speak to this, the difference between the Jewish, you know, lo- do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Right. Love them as you love yourself. And then Jesus takes that further and, like, love your neighbor as God loves you, as the, the unending, unconditional forgiveness that you were afforded, show that to other people. You got loving, the idea of loving kindness in Judaism, the idea of 
the mitzvah, you know, you, uh, like I say, it's like it's for points, you know, you, you like your, um, the zitzit, little strings, every mitzvah you do, you tie another knot, right? And you want to have all of your knots tied for that. So, I mean, it's, it's a little more like classical composition. You have to have certain parts to your piece for it to be considered, you know, X, Y, and Z about a piece of music. And, uh, Christianity is a little more jazz, right? Like there's just certain, like at the end of the day, you're just trying to make a piece of music, but the way that you get there is different. Walk by faith, not by light. Right. So it's, uh, you know, I think that you do get all of that, but I, I don't know. He was doing some cliff notes or something. Anyway, we go back to uh, the we go back to Junior's bedroom. Yeah, the day is saved. the The USS Apple Pies will live to continue its five year mission. Yeah, and uh, you know, Junior doesn't seem traumatized by any of this, which yeah. I'm really risked his life. Yeah, it's very. Um, so there's this series of Jewish children's books. I wish I still had mine um, about, and they're from the 70s. So part of me is like, do they know about this? Because I didn't make the connection until just now. So there's um, there's a few different ones. There's the Passover one and there's the Hanukkah one. They're both so good. But in both these children, it's Judy and her little brother, I think Max. Um, they go to bed, you know, the night before Passover or like, First night of Passover, first night of Hanukkah, and they are visited by a spaceship. One is driven by inserting a latka into the uh, like drive control, right? And then one's like a flying space dreidel, and they uh, it's very Douglas Adams. And it, yeah, and it uh, they have to go back in time for like a mission. They learn about the story of Passover and Hanukkah, and then they return safe and sound to their beds after like it's this. Like, really? They're, like, claymation, too. So it's, like... And they're the, they're illustrated. It's called the Illustrated Menorah. Okay. Um, there's this image of a Roman soldier who has been sat on by an elephant. And it's in clay. And it's incredibly gory. Mm. But it's clay blood. Like, it's so... I think that's where all of my humor comes from. <laughs> is this one image in this one 1970s Jewish children's book... Of a claymation Roman soldier oozing clay blood and this like really child like it looks like a child did it. This elephant with like cross eyes and like thumbprints in it. Very similar vibes. Similar vibes. You know? Just here, kids, we're gonna take you on this perilous journey. It's very Christmas Carol as well. The Dickensian tradition of uh, a night of conversion. Yeah. Um, but at the end of the day, Junior just needs to learn how to close his windows. And, and then he does, because I don't think Bob and Larry show up like that again. No, I think they learned their lesson. We should stop <laughs> taking children out of their bedrooms. We should, we should stop bothering this child. Yeah, he's, uh, he's got a lot to learn yet still. <laughs> and then uh, you wrote down Leviticus 19.18. Yes, we go back to the, that's the verse, which okay. is just the love your neighbor yeah. and yourself verse. Gotcha. Guys, thank yeah. you for... <laughs> thank you for... Joining us on Have We Got got a Show show For You. you. See See you you next next time. time. Remember, God made you special. And loves you very much. Goodbye. Goodbye. Have you ever seen a boy with funny clothes? A girl with braces on her teeth or freckles on her nose? 
Some kids call them oddballs. Some kids call them weird. Is it my imagination, or does Aunt Ruth have a beard? God makes lots of people in all colors, shapes, and sizes. He loves them very much, and what we need to realize is that calling people names because they're different is wrong. Instead, we need to look on them in love and sing this song. I can be your friend. I can be your friend. Some are skinny, some are stout. But the inside is the part that we're supposed to...